surely not analysis or actual reflection, accounts for an excuse based simply on a woman's sex and not on what she does or is capable of doing. Welcome to Man Unmade, a podcast normalizing the authority and power of women's voices in a man's ear. And I remember thinking, well, if I were walking, would I do it? And if, I, and if I said to myself, if the only reason I don't want to go is because I'm afraid of the wheelchair being mm. a, a factor, then I must go. It's the 10th grade. You're in high school. You have crushes. You have acne, fears, anxiety, hormones, and lots and lots of energy. You're thinking about your next class, whether or not you'll make the team. Should you really read that book or just settle for the Cliff's Notes? Are those two dating now? Wow. Oh, shoot. I should have read that book. When is the bell going to ring? When am I going to get out of here so I can go and talk to my friends? And also, will I still walk tomorrow? Wait, what? Oh, right. My bad. That's not usually a 10th grade thought. It certainly wasn't Mia Shakowitz's, but it turned out to be her reality. Because one day, her legs... They just stopped working. And life, it kept on going. And Mia kept on going with it in a wheelchair. And nothing could stop her. Okay, here we go. Jumping back into the pod with uh, Mia Shakowitz. I am so stinking excited about this. Um, this is really, really awesome. Uh, Lisa, I can't wait for you to meet uh, Mia over the next hour or whatever. Um, this is uh, really, really cool. Um, Mia became one of the stars of the hit TV show Push Girls, um, which continues to impact audiences worldwide. She's been interviewed on Good Morning America, CNN, E! Entertainment, Ellen, and on and on and on. She's <laughs> a, a founding member of Infinite Flow, uh, America's first professional wheelchair ballroom dance company. Um, you dance, you swim, you speak, you're an activist, you are on TV, you do all of that. And, uh, of course you do it, um, at least not the swimming part though, but you, you do it from a wheelchair and, um, you have an incredible story, but one of my favorite parts about your story is that you and I, we went to high school together. That's exactly Hi, right. You've been Hi. through it all. How are you? <laughs> good. I'm really good. It's so good uh, to see you after all these years. It, I know. We were before we pushed record. We were counting it up. So it's now um, 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> Since we graduated. Maybe we should stop counting. <laughs> Just, <laughs> let's leave it at. We went to high school together. How about that? <laughs> well, if it helps at all, you literally do not look any different i mean it's like oh yeah there's mia like you just rolled out a home room like See? boom oh you, there you definitely are. you definitely know how to compliment that's yeah i'm gonna give you credit for that and ditto by the way it, it was like yeah i just it was yesterday i just saw you in the hall so uh i mean if i look like i just rolled out of bed that's that is that's that, pretty much how that's i looked that. in high school exactly <laughs> Oh yeah, there's Clint. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, bed hair, the whole yep. thing, yep. not put together, sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. That's Clint. 
Oh my gosh, I'm just uh, so thrilled to talk with you today. There's so many things that I want to know. I want to get into your story, and uh, that is kind of where we tend to start with any of these conversations is, is kind of like an origin story, which yours is literally, I mean, it's just amazing. And so I want to get into that. Before we do that, I want to say this too, that like, I'm always, I'm trying to have these discussions that are not easy, and I'm trying to have them uh, in a way that is obviously not as comfortable for men. It's putting women as they should be in the place of leader and in the place of expertise and and amplifying women's voices and putting myself in the place of student. And in doing that, I'm talking to um, different women from all over and different backgrounds. And there's all kinds of pitfalls that I can like, you know, fall into. And so there's things that I just want to be like open and honest and, and talk. And then like you have full reign to say, oh, we don't say that. In fact, I've already done it. Let's be honest. I've, I already was like kind of nervous about the fact that I'm like, yeah. And then you like rolled out of like homeroom and I'm like, wait, I don't mean that as though you were in your wheelchair. That's I mean, in the same way mean. as, yeah, which I'm sure you're like totally used to. Totally. And so I want to I want to talk openly. I want to yes. talk honestly. I want to yes. learn because I think there's like all this fear, and yes. a lot of times what we end up doing is just not saying anything. That's exactly and, right. Yeah. And so we yeah. And so just correct me where I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, you we're we go back, Mia. So you yeah. can just you know digitally slap me in the face if you need to. <laughs> no, right. I, I actually I'm so thrilled to be talking to you, and specifically. Because mm-hmm. I think when I got paralyzed, I, we were in 10th grade, I was yes. 15 years old, uh-huh. and we were so young that I don't yeah. think I even knew how to address it as far as a communication uh, of like what actually yeah. happened and like, yeah. and how yeah. do we go forward and what are the feelings? And, and it yeah. wasn't until you know I became an adult that I thought back and like, oh, Wow, we went through that, but we because we were kids, like we really didn't address it. You know what I mean? And there and I think yes. there's some aspects of healing that goes going back to the original yeah. time to say, like, wow, what were you feeling? And I have had some discussions with mm-hmm. some of my friends um, from that were my close friends from high school where you know, we didn't know what was going on and we didn't know mm-hmm. what to do. And it was kind of like, all right, well, we'll just keep going forward. But I think there is an aspect of talking about it um, mm. that makes it makes it healing, but it also makes it more of a learning experience for mm. everybody um, yes. because everyone does deal with things differently. Um, so yeah. I am I'm totally game. I'm open book. Let's let's talk. Let's go back to to that. And also, um, yeah, let's go to like what's happening now and yeah. and um, and the PC versus. Um, okay, let's just be real here. Right. There is a, a big discrepancy between those two things sometimes, and I and mm. I think it's to the detriment, honestly, of of moving mm. forward. So yeah. yeah, let's go. Okay, I love it. What what you just touched on, I'm already I'm like my eyes are getting watery over here. Ugh. So because um, it's something that I, I really want to talk about, but okay, ha. Huh. Get these tears out of the way. Um, I'm going to get to that in a second, because first, before we even go any farther, um, I want people to hear your origin story. Um, you were born in 77, about like me, something like that. Was it 78 or 77? 78. 
Okay, 78. Okay, all right. Better than you. But yeah, geez. <laughs> yeah. But uh, class of 96, Dunwoody High School. So, yep. um, all right, born in 78, Atlanta, and go. Okay. So yeah, born 78, Atlanta. Um, my parents were divorced, so I kind of changed schools across town in Atlanta mm. quite a few times. Okay. Um, I was actually born in Decatur, and then oh yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't until let's say eighth grade, Peachtree Junior High mm-hmm. School was when I mm-hmm. went to Dunwoody. So then, um, okay. yeah. So then led into Peachtree, went into Dunwoody, and here we go, starting tenth grade at Dunwoody High School. Everything and and, was and not in a wheelchair. That's you exactly are, right. You're running around exactly. playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. On the swim team. Your whole life. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. No. Um, I actually had never even broken a bone before. So I, I literally had no any physical adversity before this at all. Okay. Um, okay. And then, yeah, starting 10th grade, everything was rolling around, going good. Yeah. Um, and I was on the swim team, and yep. I was finally excelling at a sport. <laughs> I loved sports, and I was always into athletics, but I felt like, all right, I hadn't really, really found my groove until swimming. Mm, yeah. So that was um, you know, taking off, and that was where I, I fell in love with swimming, and I thought this was wow. it. And then, I think it was October, October 27th, mm-hmm. I was going for the swim team physical, to, um, for the new okay. season at Dunwoody. I yeah. remember having to go there uh, after school to get my physical done. And for some reason, you know, coincidentally, that same day, I had a stomach ache. And hmm. the stomach ache kind of like went on and off throughout the day, throughout school. And then when I got home and then when I went to get the physical done, it kind of went away. Yeah. So I thought, all right, I'm good, I'm good. And um, the doctor at the physical told me to bend down and touch my toes. And when I did, I felt like a little twinge in my back. And then to stand back up, Mm. it really hurt. But I wanted to pass the physical. So (laughs) the doctor's like, ah, are you all right? I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Um, And then I, I specifically remember walking out of the high school with my dad and I think we lived a mile from the school, maybe, not even, because actually okay. I remember walking to high school. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I remember my dad was like, and you know, we had our learner's permits at this point. We could yes. you know, drive. Yeah. Oh, and boy. I told my dad he didn't want to drive home. And my dad was like, what? Like, and he was like, <laughs> are you that bad? Like, should we go to the hospital? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, I'll just, um, I'll feel better later. I went home, ate dinner, went, my stomach ache went away completely fine the rest of the night, went to Mm -hmm. sleep, woke up in the middle of the night and it hurt so bad that I guess my dad heard me like crying out Mm. from my room Mm. and came in and said, all right, we need to go to the hospital. And I said, okay, at this point. On the way to the hospital, my toes were tingling and I remember asking my dad like why that would be and he said, well, maybe you're nervous. And And you were able to walk to the car from from the house. Yeah, walked into the hospital. Yeah, okay. walked in the hospital, okay. um, told the people, you know, what my symptoms were, and they thought I had appendicitis. Oh. So they said, all right, we'll sit in the waiting room and we'll call you. Mm. But I kind of, at this point, think, thought, well, maybe I am just nervous. Maybe, I, I, I really didn't know how to calculate what was going on, because it was just this stomachache that came and went and was sharp. And, and yeah. then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and it felt like a knife went in my side. I immediately got up and said, you have to take me in now. Something's really wrong. 
Um, and that point, everything became a little bit hazy. I don't remember really clearly from that point on, and I don't know if that's because it was shock or what. Okay. But I do remember being on the x-ray table, and this was the first time that it was really hard for me to move my legs mm. because they were telling me to move in different positions. And I said, I, 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 it's really hard for me to move my legs. And the x-ray technician said, well, that's weird. And as soon as she Ooh. said, that's weird, I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I thought, yeah. all right, maybe this is something serious. And um, yeah. at that point, uh, I just remember the fast forward to them saying, we did all the tests, we did x-rays, blood tests, we can't find anything wrong with you. So we think you were nervous about your swim team physical and it's psychosomatic and mm -hmm. we'll bring in a psychiatrist and they'll talk you through your anxiety no and then you'll be able way. to walk. Um, oh my gosh. And uh, the next day, then they did that. <laughs> I still didn't walk. The okay, so they did that. And you yeah. talked to a psychiatrist, the whole thing in the hospital. Yeah. And they yeah. said, she seems to be pretty uh, together. I don't think this is uh, psychosomatic. You know, this yeah. could be neurological. So they finally sent me to a different hospital. They sent me to Emory Hospital. Okay. The next day yeah. Yeah. In downtown an, Atlanta. Exactly. To do an okay. MRI. And at the MRI, I came out of the MRI and I saw my mom's face. It was just ashen. And uh, she just said, it's not mm. good. And uh, oh. it wasn't until I think a week later that um, a doctor came in to talk to me and he showed me the a little squiggly line on an MRI. And he said, this is called an AVM, an arterial venous malformation, similar okay. to an aneurysm. And it ruptured. And anything that ruptures or disrupts the nerves in the spinal cord pretty much kills those nerves and those nerves don't mm. regenerate. So you have a spinal cord injury now and um, it'll take about two years to see what you get back, you know, neurologically. It could be, mm -mm. you could walk in two years, you might not like, and, uh, but basically they said to go to a rehab hospital for three months. So I went to Shepherd Center in Atlanta, a mm. rehab hospital, and for three months, I, sent, I was there and learned how to do everything over again. And I, and I, say, I say October 27th was my rebirth day because yeah. it was such a rebirth in my life, spiritually, mentally, physically. Mm. I literally had to learn how to get out of bed. I had to mm. learn how to get dressed. I had to learn mm. how to drive again. I had to learn how to shower again. I had to learn Gosh. all these things that were second nature. Um, again, and at first I was devastated, not necessarily because of all that and not being able to walk. I was so nervous about going back to high school oh my because gosh. I was yeah. terrified to go back into Dunwoody where there wasn't an elevator. There right. wasn't anybody else in a wheelchair there. No. Um, there was no... Um, there was no reference for me, even in, even in the neighborhood or even in... Um, my personal life, there was no reference of somebody else in a wheelchair that had mm. gotten paralyzed, that had gone on and lived their life, and mm. I and was a was an example for me to know that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. So I really felt like I was a fish out of water in this life where I had no idea what was going to happen, and Gosh. I. I just kind of had to, you know, put my big, big girl pants on and just yeah. do it because that, I mean, that was the only option 
for me. I mean, I, I'll tell you something, Clint. Actually, when I was in the rehab hospital, I begged them to let me go to a different high school. And, oh. and part of the reason was is because I was so afraid to go back to people that I knew, that knew me walking. Oh, my gosh, And then yeah. all of a sudden had this awkwardness of, oh, uh. uh, what happened? You know, because, yeah. because the thing is, is this AVM, which is only now, becoming something that medical professionals are learning about. Back okay. then, how do you describe that to a 15-year-old? You right. know, yeah. in, in, in the rehab hospital, most of the kids that were paralyzed had been in a car accident or a diving accident. So they sure. had like a story that made sense yes. as to what happened. Yeah. When I got back to school, I, I heard um, all these people thought I had spinal meningitis. Like, I don't even know what you oh, thought yeah. had happened to me, really, because... Yeah. It was kind oh, of like I'll this. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to hear it. No, no. But I, I, I have a question first. I, I, it's not really so much. Yeah. Anyways, I'll, I'll get to that. But I, I want to back up really quickly. So at what point was it? Because you walked to the hospital with your dad. Then y'all went home. Then you had to get the MRI and the whole thing. At what point was it like, okay, my legs aren't working anymore? At what point did it, was it just like, this is it? I'm, yeah, I, that's, I, that's a good question. I, I remember the first night in the hospital, before I had gotten an MRI, I remember asking my dad if I was ever going to walk again, okay. which I think is weird because I don't, no, no one was really inferring that, but I think I had just kind of a, a sense. I think I just knew. Mm. I, think, I think I was very, um, I was always in tune with my body because I was into it into athletics. So I was, sure. I was always listening to my body and I just asked my dad, like, am I going to walk again? And he's like, what? Like, of course, you know, like this mm. is, this is nothing. We're going to get through this. this is nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I don't think it really, really hit me, um, until I went to the rehab hospital and Ooh, yeah. they were teaching me how to live my life in a wheelchair. Okay. Um, it wasn't until then that I was like, oh crap, like this could be permanent. And mm. this isn't just, okay, let's see if you get better. This is, yeah, yeah your life has changed forever. Basically. When you were in the rehab hospital three months. Okay. So first of all, I didn't know that. I had yeah, no yeah, idea. Right. Like I was telling Lisa right. before, I was like, this is such an emotional one for me because I'm looking back on this and I'm going, if if I do what I'm setting out to do with this podcast and just be completely honest, I have to be totally candid and say, I had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. I knew yeah. nothing. And I also asked nothing. Like right. I didn't, I, I just was like, it was kind of just this thing. When, when you were, oh, I didn't know you were away for three months, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I mean, if I were to back the tape up, I'm, I'm sure that there, you know, kids where I'm sure we're talking and eventually mm -hmm. it was like, where's Mia, you know? Yeah, right. Um, we didn't have a huge school. I think I was trying to remember, is it like what, 250 in our class? Something yeah, like that? I don't even is think it, that much. I think it was not like, even that much. Um, was it in I the think ones? One, I, can't I think remember. it was 150. I don't know. Oh, one, okay. Yeah, okay. So it's, but. okay. So not, not huge. Right. Um, when you were in the rehab hospital, did you get any visitors? Were there yeah. people coming? Okay. Yeah. Right. Although I didn't want anyone to come. Um, mm. even in the hospital, cause I was in Emory hospital cause I had surgery done. So they had to like go okay. in and remove this blood vessel so that wouldn't rupture again and cause more, okay. more damage. So okay. I was in Emory at least for a month, I believe for surgery. And then I went to the Goodness. shepherd center for three months. Um, I do remember, so my friends, um, like Kindle and Allison and Jenny, yep. I know you remember yep. all of them. 
they, um, they, I remember they told me that it was on Halloween. So a few days after, um, mm. I had not talked to them, but I guess they had called or my dad had called them and, yeah. um, they didn't really know what was going on, but they said that on Halloween night when they went out like trick or treating or whatever, they, they all cried because they were just kind of like, what is going on? Like, oh, you know, and what yeah. are we going to do and how are we going to have, you know, these conversations? Sure. Um, but for me, I remember being stressed out about telling them that it was permanent. Because yeah. once I started to sense like, God, I could be in a wheelchair or paralyzed for the rest of my life. Yeah. How do I tell my friends that, mm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and how do I have that conversation? And I, I can remember this super vividly. I think it, um, I had a conversation with Allison and I remember telling her over the phone from the hospital, like, I'm probably going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Or, and I, mm. And that was it. Like, there wasn't any discussion. Like, it was kind of like, yeah. okay, because it was awkward yeah. for both of us. But yeah. then um, I also didn't want any visitors coming, even family members, because I was, like I said, that moment of that awkward, like, okay, seeing, so, seeing me in a wheelchair for the first time. Mm. You know, the first time I saw myself on a video, I think it was Kindle's wedding, my friend Kindle's wedding, yeah. where I saw myself in a video um, from afar as I saw myself in a wheelchair for the first time. I saw oh, myself in a wheelchair for the first time wow. in a video. Wow. Freaked me out because I was oh, like, yeah. oh my God, it was very jarring. So I can only imagine, you know, what it's sure. like, you know, coming back um, as, you know, someone that you know, where yeah. you don't know what's really happened. They're gone for a little while. And then, yeah. um, and, and it's not to say that that the wheelchair is such a big thing in my life, especially now, it's all second mm -hmm. nature, mm -hmm. but there is a visual component that creates an identity behind yeah. it, where yeah. that, that was what I was afraid of. I was afraid to go back to the mall. I was afraid to go back and do all these teenager things again in mm. a wheelchair because I thought all of a sudden now I'd be looked at differently. People would assume something about me. Yes. Um, and yeah. in, in negative ways, um, or they would oh, think yeah. I couldn't do things, or they'd feel sorry for me. And yep, um, yep. like Kindle once um, said that someone in high school that I didn't, I didn't even really know, you know, asked her questions and was like, well, does she get sad about the wheelchair? And, you know, Kindle's like, not really about the wheelchair, but about <laughs> like all the stuff that we, you know, like teenagers yeah. get sad about. But right. And that was something hard for me because I realized I couldn't have a conversation with everybody. You know, and I couldn't, if I went to the mall, I couldn't have a conversation with all these strangers walking by me that had this like deer in headlights look like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, you know, I don't know what to do. There's a person in a wheelchair. And yeah. so oh gosh, I even say like depth perception off um, with mm. a wheelchair because someone could be literally um, on the other side of, of the hallway for me and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, um, not that big, not taking up that much space. I'm like, you're not doing anything wrong, but I get it. And I'll tell you why yeah. I get it, Clint. This and Lisa, this is literally a, a vivid memory I had when I was walking. And this was about six months before I got paralyzed. I okay. was at the Perimeter Mall in Dunwoody. Oh, yes. And I was walking down the the hall and I saw a, a mother and a, a, little, a girl in a wheelchair. The girl looked about a teenager mm -hmm. and the girl um, didn't have mobility. So she, her mother was helping her eat or feed her or something. Mm. But I remember this moment where I had, that doesn't 
bother me. It doesn't freak me out. Huh. But I want them, how do I convey that to them Wow. without mm. seeming like I'm trying too hard by just walking by? And I remember yeah. having this whole like thought in my head, like, do I smile? Do I not smile? Do I not look? Do I look too much? You know, do <laughs> yeah, I say something? Yeah. Do, and, yeah. and because I had that moment and it was so vivid in my memory, I got it. Like when I went to the mall and I would see people like looking at me or staring at me, yeah. I, I, was, I understood what was going in their head. So yeah. that's one of the things I love about the fact that I had 15 years of walking and mm. now I have a different life because I knew that perspective. And so I yeah. can totally relate. Um, I, I know that it's uncomfortable and I yeah. know that a dialogue needs to, to start in order to make that less uncomfortable. So, so here we are. Here we are having, having the discussions, you know? Um, so you're, you mentioned, you know, what was I thinking? Okay. I think this is where it gets hard for me. Um, which is like, wham, wham, I'm not the one, not, not hard for me, like feel bad for me, but just like, this is where I, I really start to go, okay, again, if I'm going to be honest, I'm gonna be honest here. Um, I didn't really know. I don't think I ever said anything to you. I don't think I ever came up and said, I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can do to help? I don't, I don't know that I did anything other than maybe talk with other people and go, do you know what happened? And it was right. just like this, we kind of were not supposed to talk about it. I mean, I right. vaguely remember, maybe, I'm not sure, I, and maybe other people can confirm this. I vaguely remember maybe our homeroom teacher before you came back to school, maybe saying something like, hey, Mia's coming back, she's gonna be, now I could be making that up in my head, honestly, I, I really don't remember. But it kind of just felt like this, thing that we weren't supposed to talk about it was just like just treat her like nothing's happened you know like just 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 totally the same and i look back at it and i don't want you to take any responsibility for this for my emotions okay it's very important that you don't take any responsibility here for my emotions i have to work through whatever whatever i've got to work through but i'm so sorry um ugh you know, these days, if, you know, like if somebody in our like kind of sphere, um, so much as like sneezes, my wife is like, all right, let's make lasagna. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she, she, she literally makes a lasagna for so many people. And, um, and, you know, uh, and, and, and they're, they're really good by the way. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, we live in this day and time too, where like if something happens, um, my kids, we watched on uh, Netflix, there's uh, Alexa and Katie. It's this show about this um, young girl who gets cancer in high school and she has a best friend, Katie, and they go through everything together. And, you know, Katie shaves her head and, you know, to be, you know, to kind of bond with Alexa and everything. And, and Alexa can't go to the dance because she's her her immune system is compromised. And so this is pre-pandemic, by the way. So one of the episodes, they she says, yeah, you can go to the dance and, and put this mask on. They go to the school and everybody's wearing masks at the school dance, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I'm a crier, as you can see, I'm crying now. And, and, um, and I, like, I, I was just bawling my eyes out watching that because it was like so sweet. 
I don't know that you would want to have happen what you've had happen to you in today's day and time, but I do think about the fact that if this had happened now, right, would you, would our high school have done something to rally around you that would have gone viral on some good news, you yeah. know, John Krasinski <laughs> you know, yeah. and his thing? Would, would, would we have done something on Facebook, you know, yeah. um, would we have all, would we have just rented a bunch of wheelchairs and all had senior prom in wheelchairs or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like that's the kind of thing now that like, but then it was just like, everybody just shut up and act like nothing happened. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I just, I'm like, and I think too, like, because I know that I had a, I carried, I I presented this about myself. I wore a cross on my chest. I was, you know, like uh, uh, spiritual and, and, and all these things. And I think if anything, like that would have been, you know, if you want to quote unquote, Christ-like or, or loving or whatever you want to call it, you know, um, it would have been to just reach out to you and say, hi, like, can I help to visit you in a hospital to, to bring you flowers to school, you know, to do something. And we just kind of shut up. (laughs) We didn't say anything. You know what though? I have to say, I think looking back on it, that's what I needed. That's what, okay. I, I think because I don't think I was ready to talk about mm, it. I don't think I yeah. really understood. And I think my biggest fear was that I would go back to school and everybody would be like that. Mm. Everybody would be focusing on it and everybody yeah, would be yeah. saying, you know, I'm yeah. sorry. And, and cause I didn't, I didn't want, I think one of my biggest things is I didn't want people feeling sorry for me Sure. because I didn't feel sorry for myself. And I, and yeah. I knew, I knew that that was actually one of the hardest things about being in a wheelchair was that yeah. everyone in society thinks it's so negative. Yeah. And yeah. and it's it's really not. It's all it is is literally a scar on the outside that just like looks a little cooler. In yeah. My opinion. yeah. Right, right. Um you know what I mean? Like it's an accessory <laughs> now for me. Um but uh <laughs> but it it accessory. really um and I and I intuitively knew that somehow because i remember looking up at the tv in the hospital and being like gosh like why isn't there anyone on a tv show that like is in a wheelchair that's like cool you know like that that just it is you know and yeah and i remember thinking like there's that that's got to change you know yeah Um, Yeah. because i knew that no one would be talking about it and most Mm -hmm. people don't ever come in contact with someone in a wheelchair in their life that they know personally i mean that's not it's not even common so their only way they'd ever even learn is through the media or through a podcast like this or through um, and that's why it's so important to talk about now um, as an adult where i can formulate those thoughts and i can Mm -hmm. formulate what I think is important to talk about. Um, And like I said, at the time, I thought being 15 years old and this happening, I thought was the worst timing. I was like, really like, why now? Like why Mm. freaking now? And you know what? Were you ever angry? Oh yeah. Like I I have a, um, 
I have a diary that I had um, in the hospital and my diary, and I have like super really neat handwriting. Um, <laughs> in this diary, there's like two entries. I can barely read it. It's like, you could tell like <laughs> you my emotions. so mad. <laughs> yeah, just by like yeah. my handwriting. But it yeah. was like, it was suicidal. It was like, I oh, want to wow. die. I don't mm. want to, I don't yeah. want to live a life in a wheelchair. How could I ever be mm. happy again? How could, you know, my friends ever not feel embarrassed to be around me? How could, Ugh. I mean, literally I thought it was the end of the world and and that I mean some teenagers feel that way anyways like yeah just in what's going on as a teenager is is yeah. alone very difficult so yeah. but I look back on it I'm like thank goodness it happened then because we were very resilient as teenagers yeah. we were able to go back to school and just be like oh, nothing happened let's just keep going you know <laughs> and there's a healing element to that because i remember yeah. somebody saying she's the same just sitting down and i was like oh my gosh that <laughs> yeah. is so there it is that's it true. yeah that is yeah. so true i am it, the it, same person whether i'm standing or yes. sitting you 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 went through trauma and i think that is where i think for me that's the if i look back at this and i go boy a regret um is that our school wasn't better prepared to help deal with you know trauma um right. that that are you know what i mean like yes, I, I think exactly that's the thing like if i yes. look back at it i just go yeah, like I wouldn't want you to come back and all, you know, like everybody starts talking very slow, like, hi, Mia, are you okay? You know, like, yeah, like no, exactly. nobody, nobody wants that. Yeah, like, that's, yeah, yeah. that's definitely not what we're going for. Right, right, but, right. but you did go through this incredibly traumatic thing and you were continuing to go through it, right? I mean, it's not like right. you just came back to school and was like, okay, it's over. Right. I mean, every moment after that is dealing with this incredibly traumatic thing that has happened to you and changed your life drastically um to it you know and to a degree um like i mean because on one hand it's like she's the same person she's just in a wheelchair right. but at the same time one day you're walking and the next day you're literally not and right. so that's a huge thing and i just i look back at that and i go oh man Again, the trauma, like a lasagna, something <laughs> yes. like, you know, in contact with your family just to say, yeah. if there's anything we can do to help, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, with your parents, is there something we can do to help to, because that's the other thing, your parents are going through something. This is changing yeah. their life. So yeah. were there people in their lives to say, hey, can we give you a breather? Can we, yeah. you know, can you back up for a minute and yeah. and whatever, you know, how do you have siblings? You have I have a yeah, I have a younger half brother. He's um he so he was seven at the time. He and okay. he went through his own trauma because we didn't know this until later, but he thought he had caused it. Because we used to oh. like, you know, wrestle and we used oh, to like, you know, do no. like really yeah. like crazy things. And he had no idea. Like, he's just wow. like, oh did, you know, did, yeah. did, I, did we do something that like, oh, you know, hurt her? How long like, did he like hold on to that before? Yeah, he, like, like, I don't know. I don't know. But it wasn't something that he articulated until later. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's the, that's the truth. It, the, the trauma, even though it happened to me, I honestly feel it was almost more difficult for everybody around me. Um, mm. because I had things to do. I oh, had yeah. like things to focus on. I had yeah. things to learn. I had Therapy, like an agenda. I had action plan, right? Yes, um, yes. But not everybody else did. And mm. that being helpless, 
of not mm. knowing what to do and not and and frankly I agree with you on on the school I, I actually um, I did get a I did get a bunch of letters from my Spanish class <laughs> from everybody in my Spanish class when I was in the ho- hospital but what was interesting about that is like I didn't know everybody in my Spanish class like right, look, right. this yeah. happened in October and I think our school started what September, September. right okay. yeah so this yeah. was and this was the first time we were in high school where it was grades above us of people we didn't know so no and in a yeah. Spanish class you know there was everybody in in yes. all different grades in that class so yeah it would have been more beneficial I think for our class because we did know each other from eighth grade yeah. um our Peachtree Junior High School like Absolutely. we knew each other for years before that and I think um having that that option for the class of 96 yeah, to be to able talk to, together yes and to have that conversation or um mm. i mean even now i want to go back to to the high school and um and do a talk because you know actually now they have an elevator <laughs> i heard <laughs> i think it was like a year after i left they like you know oh, they, no. they got on the ball with um with the accessibility which is cool but um, i mean when you came back to high school it's now it's and you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. ADA accessibility. It's right in your face now. Yeah. How <laughs> underprepared was DHS to it take was, care? Well, they had to change my whole schedule around so that in the morning, all my classes from the upstairs mm-hmm. were in the morning. And then I would go down the hill outside okay. and around and yep. do the afternoon classes in the downstairs. Oh um, and if it was raining, I either didn't have to go to class. No. Or or um or someone would carry me up the stairs. Or one time, um, I remember um Kindle was like, she's we were late for, for art class to like go back uh-huh. up to the thing. And she was like, I'm just gonna push you really fast. I'm like, and and I don't let anybody like push <laughs> oh, me because I'm always like, I gotta do it myself. But <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, we're really late. All right, go for it. And so like she was like pushing me and we went outside around from, I don't know if you remember where the band was. It was like oh, yeah. down on the lower, lower level. And yes. then you could go across the football field and then yes. kind of go up to the sidewalk and go up around. Yes. Uh-huh. So we did that, but we didn't know, like she was pushing me so hard that we went into the sand and the oh. wheelchair got stuck <laughs> oh, in the no. sand and I flew out of the wheelchair. Oh, oh my God. And I, I started laughing hysterically. Hysterically. And oh, Kindle, my Kindle started crying because she's yeah, like, what she's feeling I do? <laughs> Kindle's such a sweetheart. And yeah, and the funniest yeah. part was that like we, I got back in the wheelchair and we go, and of course now I'm even later for art class. I come in, I have like dirt yeah. all over me. Like no oh. one says anything. No. This is hell, no one say anything. I come into the class like a half hour late. And like, and that was Nobody. a perfect example of how like no dialogue like nobody yeah. talked zero about dialogue anything and yes. um and the funny thing it was is like the hardest part for me honestly was not going to to, to swimming anymore like oh, all of a sudden like yeah. i wasn't going and that's one of the reasons i think i went back to trying every other sport but swimming is because it was too hard for me um to know there was a swim meet coming up and my team and my swim, you know, and the people I was swimming with, like, were going. And then it wasn't like nobody said that to me because they were afraid, like, maybe that would make me upset. And I didn't mm. say anything because I really did feel uncomfortable about it. And yeah, um, yeah. and then there was the pep rallies 
like not being oh, able to yeah. sit with everybody because the bleachers weren't like there wasn't yeah, an accessible go? way to like go up yeah. and sit with them. So then I was like yeah. just sitting out there like a sore thumb. Like and then oh. I didn't and then I felt bad because I didn't want my friend my friends to like have to like move down and like sit with me when they wanted to oh, sit with yeah. our class because our classes oh. sat together. Yeah, um, it right, was like, right. you know, so yeah. those were the things that stick out uh, like in me that were like super awkward moments that I was just kind yeah. of like, all right, this kind of is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but the, you know, I look back and I'm like, gosh, the, you know, trivial things, you know, the, the, yeah. as as an adult, trivial, um, but to teenagers, different. And that's it's a this big is, deal. Yeah, yeah. And this is why I feel grateful that I did go through that as a teenager, because I do have this sensitivity and this, um, this knowledge of what it is like to go through trauma in high school, um, yeah. what it is like to deal with somebody with a disability in, in high school. And, and it happens. Yeah. I mean, it, I know plenty of friends that got paralyzed in high school, you know, from a car accident or whatever. Yeah. And it is this, um, it, it, there are common themes that happen, but the one thing that is um, specific across the board is that mm. it's not addressed in a healthy way. No. Um, and other things are, you know, other things are like if there is something that affects the whole school, if, if God forbid there is a school shooting or something, they do bring in people that deal with, with trauma. Right. Um, but I think people underestimate the trauma that kids are going through. Yeah. Um, that don't get talked about that that could be talked about. Well, you know, I, I, I think about um, how we looked at kids in our high school who were born with yes. certain disabilities. Yes. And, you know, they were already kind of, they were separated out. Separated out, that's right. To, you know, and you yeah. kind of saw them walking along in the high school or whatever it was, and it was a totally different group moving amongst us, that's right? right. Next to the and art you, room is where their class was. The, I remember that. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. And and I think if, if I had been in your shoes, I think that would have been some of my greatest fears. It was. Because I know... I know how everybody looks at them. Right. So That's are you exactly now going right. to look at me that That's same exactly way? Right. And even, again, to be, you know, now this is my high school, my junior high self, you know, whatever. Am I now going to have to go to class with them? That's exactly now, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, because they were just, it's like a situation that's set up for like yeah. just so many problems because yes. there was there's no discussion about it like we should all i think that's great to be in the same school together but let's talk about it yes. let's let's get these kids yes. let's let's mix and mingle let's you know let's do some things together and take away the stigma as opposed to they're over there and we're over here yes and i mean i would have been petrified i don't yes. i i mean oh my gosh yeah in fact i remember um when i was in the rehab center one of the field trips they took me on was back to the high school for a day so that I could figure out like where my locker would be or, and they, oh. and they took me up to that, to the wing where the art room was yes. and that, um, I don't even special know, education special classroom. education classroom. It was one room next to the art, which yeah. for people that didn't see the layout of our school, this was like up in the like separated from everything else basically. Yes, very um, much. Yeah. And there was a row of lockers there and they took me there to like, Oh, okay. Let's see if you can reach the lower locker. You can reach the upper locker. Yeah. And because they took me to that, it, that specific uh, hall, 
to check out my locker, my new locker, yeah. where my new locker yeah. would be, made me feel like that. Made me feel like, okay, now you are going to be separated and we will consider you now a special education case where mm. that did terrify me because even in the special edu education classroom, there was nobody in a wheelchair in there. Um, mm. It, was, it wow. was all like, you know, learning disabilities and it wasn't, they were right, all, right. Um, so for me, it was like, it, there, there was no connection. Mm. But now I see the connection of, that specific feeling of like, mm. now I feel like I could connect in the sense of like, okay, I may look different. People may assume things about me, but, um, but give me a chance, you know? Like, yeah, no and, kidding. And, and the only way for the chance is to be integrated. And, and I think yes. yeah. that is so fully important, fully integrated. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yep. and you're right. If, if I could change anything about, the school experience, it would be yeah. um, that. And I think that's changing now a little bit, but um, I don't think people understand the importance of that. Um, no, and no, because, totally. Yeah, I thought I was going to be exiled from society, especially as a teenager. I thought, mm. okay, like, you know, how am I going to go hang out the mall and not be an outcast anymore? You know, and luckily oh none of gosh. that happened because, you know, I, I didn't, I, I, I made it, a, I made a promise to myself and I remember this um, moment where I was invited to like a spend the night party with like a bunch of the girls like to hang out. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, can I do that? Like, you know, like, I don't know if I can get in their bathroom or I don't know if like I can oh, get yeah. up to the to the bedroom because they have like, you know, a lot of the houses had steps. So yeah. it was like, yeah. and I remember thinking, well, if I were walking, would I do it? And if, I, and if I said to myself, if the only reason I don't want to go is because I'm afraid of the wheelchair being mm. a, a factor, then I must go. And oh, so wow. I always said, yes, 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 yes. And thank goodness I did, because every time I said yes, those fears and those anxieties that I did have melted away because I always found a way to make it comfortable. I always wow. found a way to make it right. And every time I did that, I grew more and I grew more comfortable and I grew, yeah. I helped other people become more comfortable with it. And, and that's how I got back to my normal life. Gosh, um, so. I, I, you know, uh, you're just insanely amazing. Um, or you started this off by telling your story and you were like, you know, my parents were divorced and I'm like, I, I didn't cause I just want to hear your story, but I wanted to say, so were mine. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we never and, talked about either. No, we right. never talked about it. You know, mm -hmm. and we and we put all these things aside. We don't talk about it. We don't we don't talk about the other kids. You know, and mm -hmm. and and it's just this kind of this undercurrent of like understanding. Like, okay, like we just don't go there. And you know, the fact that I would. I could look, I know that I could look back at myself at like 14 and be afraid or 15 and be afraid of having to, to join quote unquote, those other kids. Like that's part of the problem too, right? Is that there's a negative opinion about them. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's not just that they're different, exactly. but it's like a negative thing exactly. as opposed to just like, Hey, this is who they are, but that's yes. just, and it's, and, 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 you know, God bless 
done with high school. I think that we did a we had a great job. Absolutely. Jenny Springer, great principal, Absolutely. all of our Mrs. Her. Miller, Miss yes, Foster, all yes. of our Mrs. Payne, all of our yeah. different folks, you know, that were there. They were great. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but I mean, we've evolved so much as a society. We still have so much farther to go, but I mean, um there's no doubt that the way that we all looked at things, the way that we were all quiet about stuff, it just created this negativity towards people and this predisposed judgment about people that is just about the most unhealthy thing. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the reason why we're in the boat that we're in today yes. living, you know, a lot of the problems that we're, you know, having today. And so, um, Oh my gosh. Okay. Everybody man unmade was created to amplify women's voices. And early on, we decided that beyond each interview, we also wanted to highlight women in business and music. So in each episode, We'll take time out to turn you on to a new business you've maybe never heard of and a singer-songwriter whose music we think you should try out. The music will come at the end of each podcast, so make sure you keep listening after we've wrapped the interview. If you're listening now and you happen to own or work for or have a friend with a business or if you know of an artist or you are one, shoot us an email to contact at manunmadepodcast.com. But the spotlight on women's businesses is right now. This week, the spotlight is shining on Little Mooney. They make baby clothes, and they are adorable. I love them. They're fantastic. They're in New York City. They're a mother-daughter team um, designed in New York by Twee and made in Los Angeles by Twee's mother, who is a master tailor. Now, here's what's really cool. Her mom comes from uh, Vietnam. Uh, her mother was trained in Saigon, Vietnam, to be a professional tailor when she was a young woman. And so after graduating and before marrying her childhood sweetheart, uh, Twee's dad, uh, who is also a tailor, uh, Twee's mother single-handedly opened her own sewing school and dress shop in her hometown back in Vietnam. Uh, that is was, was totally unheard of back then and never easy. So um, really cool. Uh, she's a woman opening her own sewing shop in Vietnam. What the heck? But uh, her mom did it anyways. Uh, she operated a successful business of custom making clothes for her clients while teaching her young apprentices the art of making patterns and sewing. That is so awesome, Lisa. I love that you found them and you've actually been there. That's why we're talking about it today, right? Yes. I actually was looking for my niece a uh, gift and I bought her a little handmade pig rattle, but their store is so cute and the clothes are amazing. And actually, if you read on their website, and I did notice this, that their clothes are made out of natural fibers and eco-friendly fabrics with unexpected cute one-off details. And they are so cute and very unique clothing. I don't think you would like buy the same thing twice. Like you wouldn't find it anywhere else. Yeah. And if you're looking to go online, you can visit them at www.littlemooney.com or on social Little Mooney NY. That is awesome. Oh man, I'm on their website right now and uh, super cute. These clothes are adorable. Uh, you know what? I want to buy some of these. So one day I will when I have grandchildren, and that'll be fun. Oh, look at those little dolls. Oh my gosh, they're just so cute. Oh, the unicorn. Oh, goodness gracious. That's like, it's like a baby with a unicorn, the the thing, the horn. You see that? A baby with the unicorn? No, I don't see, I'm sorry. Client. That's right there on the front, on the first page. You see that? Oh, <laughs> the doll, <laughs> I see it. Yeah, yeah, it's a doll. It, but like, she it, it's has like, a unicorn as her. Yeah, that's her. so creative. It's that it's like, really yeah, it's like when your kids wear, they put the little headband on that has the unicorn horn. 
they put that on a baby doll. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cute. Yeah, I love it. Uh, this is awesome stuff. Twee, you are amazing. Keep it up. You and your mom are doing awesome stuff, and uh, we are uh, really proud to know that y'all are out there. I hope to stop by 230 Mulberry Street in New York City one day and visit your store. If y'all are close by, go visit them or go online to www.littlemooney.com. You are built not to shrink down to less, but to blossom into more. Oprah Winfrey. Okay, I have so many questions I want to ask. Um, I want to get to push girls because that's that's a fun, you know, ger- part of your journey, you know, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. But one thing I wanted to talk about because you you were saying like, okay, you're 15. All right, let's be honest. You're 15 years old. You're going through puberty. You're going, you know, there's boys and girls and mm-hmm. dates and mm-hmm. dances mm-hmm. and all this different stuff. You're asking all of these questions you know, am I going to be able to get married? And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what is intimacy going to look like for mm-hmm. me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Who was there for you? And now what's the difference now for someone who's going through the Mia that's 15 right now in 2021, what does she have that the Mia of two, th- no, gosh, I was going to say 2000. That's not even right. <laughs> of the 1900s yeah, yeah. Of, of 1994. <laughs> Uh, what what does what's the difference? Oh gosh, I I didn't think I'd ever go on a date again. <laughs> um, as <laughs> yeah. it, like when it first happened, and then the first time um, I went out to um, like a club in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. I remember like I had no problem like guys coming up, and I think it was because the wheelchair kind of was a conversation starter. Um, for guys. And I think it's because oh they were kind of interested in the wheelchair. Like my wheelchair is like super, I mean, I look back on my wheelchair at the time and I'm like, oh my God, that was so dorky. But like, um, <laughs> compared to my wheelchair now, but that, but at the time it was like, you know, it's always been a, a little fashion forward. So, um, okay. But, okay. I mean, it's not like the wheelchair has like pistons and stuff in it. I mean, well, did you, or did you have an electric wheelchair at the time? Well, I didn't have, no, I had, I had no electrics um, or power to my chair. Um, one okay. of the reasons is because like a power chair is very difficult to navigate. First of all, it has a battery to it. So yeah. you have to charge it. And there's yeah. always a chance that yes. you're out all day is going to die. Yes. Um, the also, um, it's harder to get, well, you can't, you can't load it into like just any car. Mm, um, and then mm. also I like, I jump downstairs and curbs all the time in my wheelchair because not every place is accessible. And so, so it's always preferable if you can operate a manual chair to have a manual chair. So a lot of people ask me, they're like, you should get a motor on that thing. I'm like, yeah. no, actually that would set me back a little bit. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's um, not how you, yeah, you yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you're going to clubs and yeah, guys so, are walking up, they're going sweet wheels yeah, or what, exactly, I mean, what exactly, are they saying? Exactly. Oh, you, what is the come on line? So there's like, Oh, you better slow down. You're going to get a speed oh, ticket. Stop. Or oh my like, God. Or like, um, <laughs> no, Mia, oh no, my no, God, no, that's no, like no, probably no. the most common. Um, <laughs> then there's like, Gosh. yeah, then there's like, Oh, like, um, yeah, like cool wheelchair uh, the, people always have like ways of improving it they're like oh you know maybe you should do this or this or this <laughs> and i think in high school i started painting uh-uh. my wheelchair i think i put okay. like for pep rallies and stuff i would like put sure. streamer whatever yeah. um so yeah so it became an actual icebreaker so ironically because i i definitely 
was not expecting that. Um, and mm-hmm. I am actually a really naturally shy person. Mm. I think that's actually why also I was like so nervous um, because I didn't know if I had the personality to kind mm. of break through that uncomfortable like moment or, you yeah. know, that. Um, but once I get in a conversation with somebody, then it's just like, it's on. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah. Then, it, then it just goes from there. And so I, I really found that I didn't have any trouble dating. Um, wow. And then it was, then it was my own kind of like, you know, commitment phobic of like commitment phobia of like, oh gosh, like, can I find someone that I'll never get sick of? Or like, I don't know, there, you know, just yeah. like anybody else there, there became, just sure. yeah, that the that normal journey. stuff, Did, exactly. you know, you know how like, um, in movies and stuff, there'll, there'll be this moment where it's like someone meets somebody at a bar or whatever. And the audience knows that the, the woman, let's say, that the guy has come up to that she has three kids that she's a single mom but the guy doesn't, doesn't know, know. It. Exactly. so they're talking they're dancing you know and then she gets a text and she's like this is this is, that's my dance move by the way that's all i got i'm shaking my head back and forth <laughs> that's pretty good. and uh, yeah thanks yeah pretty good yeah and and so in and, and then she gets a text and she's like oh hold on i gotta go call my babysitter and and the guy's like dance like babysitter you have kids you know and then it's like uh eh. Yep. Did you did you feel that ever with the wheelchair in terms of like it's cool and it's like oh so when's your leg going to heal and it's like oh oh no this is yeah this a lot. is yeah <laughs> this is permanent yeah, yeah. um i think that was normally addressed very early on because i would say it very early on uh-huh. um and i think um but um it reminds me actually of uh, I don't know if you ever saw the episode of um, of Saved by the Bell. Oh yeah, where um, the the girl there's a girl in a wheelchair in this episode, and Zach's uh-huh. hitting on her, but you can't see her wheelchair. No, and then like she pulls out from the table, and then he's like. Oh, what? <laughs> and then he has to like deal with this whole thing about like, oh, I didn't know you're in a wheelchair. And then is this is yes. awkward. And um, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. And so and I, I, the only time I've ever had that happen is like when I'm driving because I like mm. drive, you know, and you sure. can't see my wheelchair, my car. I, sure. I have um, to just to explain because old people ask me that all the time. I have like a, just a normal two door um, car and I, I get in, I just lift my body and push get myself into the driver's seat and then my mm-hmm. wheelchair the wheels are quick release so i okay. basically just take the wheels off and then throw the chair over me and into the back Toss seat in the back okay. yeah so okay. when i'm driving people have no idea yeah. that i'm in yeah. a wheelchair and there's yeah i've been a couple times i've been at a light where like a guy's like give me your number you know and i'm just like <laughs> i want to be like ah, ah, that would be awkward um, yeah. there was one time where someone did ask me out at a job um, I had, and I was always behind a desk. And I remember oh, thinking like, yeah. like, I remember thinking before he came to pick me up for the date, I'm like, I had this panic. I'm like, does, wait, does he even know? Like, I'm like, is this mm. going to be one of those? Like, I'm going to open the door and he's going to be like, what? Like, yeah. um, and so, yeah, there's been like those types of moments, but I also know that, that, and, and this, this happened a lot when I was dating is someone would be like, I really thought the wheelchair would be a really big deal for me. And then the more I get to know you, the more I realize it's just, there's nothing really different. Mm. You know, there's, there's, yeah. um, there's not like a, 
I mean, things may take a little longer sometimes to like yeah. get in yeah. the guy or whatever, but like, yeah. but for the most part, that's the reaction I get when people, yeah. when I, when I've dated people. Now I've definitely had someone, you know, be like, I don't know if I could deal with the wheelchair. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, you know, and, and, wow. and if that's, that's, yeah. that's fine because like, I, I honestly, I don't date people in wheelchairs <laughs> and, and it's, and it's not because I'm being like prejudiced against people in wheelchairs. It's just because it's not practical for my life. And people think that's really, you know, like, really you know, it's not yeah. to say, but like, you have to be honest with yourself and your lifestyle sure. and like, um, and now I'm married and, and my husband, I was the first person in a wheelchair he ever even talked to. Like he wow. had no like, you know, intro wow. to that world at all. And yeah. he said that, you know, he took his time, um, because he wanted to make sure that the wheelchair wouldn't bother him. Mm. Um, and he, and it didn't, but he wanted to definitely go, go through his own honest assessment Sure, um, and sure. I and I value that. Like I, I think that oh. a lot of people think, well, that's weird that you even said that. But no, I, I value that because I remember, like, it's an adjustment period. It's when I meet a new, like my one of my best friends today. I met her in college. She never knew me walking, um, mm. and she had like even an adjustment period. One time, like she just called me on the booth. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry that you got paid. Like she was like crying, and I like what? And she's like, I, she's like, I guess I'm just going through my own, like, you know, yeah. like realization moment or whatever. And I think, yeah. I think that like um, when she learned how it happened, it was kind of like, yeah, Oh no. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't yeah. like hit her until later. And yeah. kind of like we were talking about the parents divorce thing. It didn't hit me until right. I was in my mid twenties. One day I'm driving to work and I start breaking down, like crying. Mm. And I call my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm so sorry. Like about like, you know, your divorce and all the things you had to go through. And she's like, why are you talking about this now? I'm like, I have no idea. It's just, <laughs> I don't know why it just feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it. I think we all, you know, go through things, but when we deal with them, they come up at the right time in the right moment yeah. for our body and our psyche to be ready. I think it we seems all like get to be ready. Somehow you are just hardwired different than everybody else. You have this mental, mental fortitude and, and bravery that is a uh, pretty uncommon. That being said, you've got a, a really nice wide array of tools that you are using to navigate this. I can tell just by my, I am, I am uh, not a therapist. My wife, however, is getting her master's in psychology. And, and so we talk a lot and I, and I learn through her. She's very educated when it comes to like, you know, personalities and, and different things. I mean, that's just, that's kind of like her world. She loves all that stuff. So just hearing you talk, I can go, wow, I, based on what I know, and what I've learned from my wife, Mia has a lot of tools that most people don't have to deal with stuff. Did you have a therapist growing up, like after 15, like did, did you have someone that you were talking to normally or was it literally just like, I got to figure this out. Of course, mom and dad are there to talk to me whenever I want or you know, uh, whatever, somebody at church or, or, or what, you know, I don't, I don't know. And then the second part of that question is what is being done today for, cause people are going through this today and whether it be a traumatic, you know, vehicle accident or sports accident or something like that, you know, not everybody's going to be hardwired like you. Not everybody's going to have these tools to deal with this. So what is being done? What was done with you and, and what is being done now? Um, good question. When I was younger, I definitely, I didn't have 
a support system like that. I didn't, I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't have, um, a regular therapy or anything like that. In fact, harder for me than getting paralyzed in my childhood was dealing with my mom's substance abuse. My mom was um, an alcoholic Mm. and that was really tough because my parents were divorced. So there was Mm. times when it was just me. I mean, and my brother was um, my dad and my stepmom's child. So having to, you know, kind of navigate that from very, very, very young age, I feel like that was super difficult, but it also set me up for an independence mm. that I needed to learn for survival yeah. um, to, to say like, all right, you got to figure this out. Like, mm. and um, I, that, I think that's what gave me kind of an internal strength. Also though, what was very interesting was I've always had an innate curiosity about mm. everything, um, about people, about the way things work. I always questioned um, what was going on and why, and maybe I didn't have the answers for why, but I yeah. think because I was always thinking that, I would come up with answers, and maybe mm. those answers would help me in the moment. Um, yeah. So I kind of honestly took it all on myself, and that, that worked for most of my life. Um, mm. I would say as an adult, I've gotten to have to um, to rely on other people to, uh, I guess, to be vulnerable. Because I, mm. I, I don't think I really let myself become vulnerable um, until, okay. but honestly, until I met my husband, frankly. I mean, he was the first yeah. person that was able to, you know, like when I started to run away from him early in the relationship, he's like, uh-uh-uh. He's like, we're going to talk about this. And I'm like, what? Like, and for me, it was like, no, what's going on in my head and how I have to deal and what I'm going to do. That's, that's how it's always worked. And I'm on a one track and I can get through whatever it is, but I see the value now in the people that come into your life for a reason and the way they can help you grow and the way they can help you evolve and open up and be vulnerable and to have these conversations because we're not on solo islands. We're not, we weren't born that way for a reason. We're here together and to have a dialogue and to have an opportunity for communication and that communication, telling your story with people, um, helping them um, figure out what what they're going through because of what you've gone through or vice versa. That to me is magic. And that to me is where we're finally, I think, getting into that place. And that a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're we have access to people all around the world now, yeah, um, especially yeah. with um, technology and and social media. And so for me now, that's become a therapy, not only for me to hear other people's ways of dealing with things, to open up my mind about how how to problem solve things, yes. but also to be able to go back and think, oh, what did I do that could help somebody else? Yeah, um, because I yeah, and, and I think. I think, like you said, it's funny because I do believe everybody's challenge was made for them. Hmm. I believe when I look at all of my friends and all the people that I know, and I'm like, who would get paralyzed at 15? Like, hmm. I'm like, that would be me. Because like, <laughs> and, and not because I think I'm, I'm so great, I can get over that, you know, but because there are so many aspects about being paralyzed that I love. Like, I love to figure things out. I love to learn how to dance now in a wheelchair. I love to learn how to do things differently. Um, 
so I love puzzles. I love, you know, I, and I love wow. yeah. succeeding. And I've never felt, not one time have, have I ever felt that I am stuck in a moment because of my wheelchair. I've never wow. had that moment where I'm like, oh, if only I could walk, this would solve the problem. Wow. Um, You're just thinking, all right, got to figure out how to do this. Exactly. And, yeah, and there's not, always not been if a only. Way. Mm, Yeah. And, wow. the, and, and trust me, there's been times where I'm like, like if I drop something, like as I'm getting in the car and it like rolls away and I like, can't reach it. And I'm like, yeah. how in the heck am I going to figure this? And I've done it. Like I've figured out like how to drive with my door open, like reach it. Like uh-uh. I have yeah. always figured it out. And I think that that's uh, a really big lesson in life. I think with every yeah. single person, when you realize your challenge is made for you, you can also realize that every single thing is workable. Um, every Gosh. and it might it you might not have the answer right away. It might take some time, and I encourage that moment to go through that grief because I I in no way do I say oh my gosh, to somebody that just got paralyzed, oh my gosh, just get over it. Your life's going to be great. Because people mm-hmm. told me that. Like I, I had people come up and be like, don't worry, your life's going to be great. And I didn't believe them because yeah. I, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, yeah. I, I fully believe that when you're going through something that's, that's a dark time, there's mm-hmm. definitely going to be light at the end of it. But during that, that dark time, allow yourself to feel mm-hmm. um, allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to know what's going on with you. And I didn't have any spirituality until that happened because I kept asking God, I'm like, why me? Like, Mm. and my only conversation at night when I was alone in the hospital was with God. So that actually taught me that I actually had a spirituality. That I actually believed there was something or something that was guiding. And um, so that was eye-opening for me in in knowing that, okay, I might not have chosen this, Mm -hmm. but if this is chosen for the right reason, there's something that I'm going to learn from it. And every single day, I'm going to learn one thing. I'm going to pick one thing to learn from it and go on. And it, it really is sometimes a day by day, minute by minute, you know, type of healing. But eventually... Is this something like, that, that now you're, you know, I mean, my goodness, you just have so many tools. Like I, I said, are you now able to connect with other people? You were saying that like kind of there's a worldwide you know, obviously the web, um, you can connect with different people and you're seeing stories and all that, but are you also able to connect from your place in this journey with people who are starting it? And is there, is, are there resources out there for people going through this, um, now that obviously weren't there in 1994? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, like I said, when I was, um, in the hospital, I remember looking at the TV and being like, there's like, there's not even like media. There was nobody yeah. that I could be like, oh, now. Um, and, and that's why I, I made it a point to when I moved out to Los Angeles. I was like, I really want to use the media and, and be on a TV show or have some type of um, reference for people that are newly injured yeah. that are going yeah. through it and only see the dark where they can be like, oh, gosh, like I can live a normal life and, and yeah. my life's not over. So I've made it my mission for sure to help others do that. And it's not only um, just the show Push Girls that I was on that helped um, be a reference for other people Um, and and other people going through anything, frankly. I mean, the show isn't just about, you know, going through a spinal cord injury and moving on. It it really is about relating to people Mm -hmm. um, that have gone through I want to say this too, just to be clear, like, I think it's also okay if, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I'm just, this is me coming from my own 
personal point of view, whatever. But like, it's also okay if you didn't want to talk to anybody, right? Like if you just, if you like, you know, hopefully there are resources out there, but you just might be in a place where it's like, I'm not in a place where I want to talk. I'm still going through this on my own. And that's not a burden that you have to bear. Um, you, you have enough, you know? And so there yeah. isn't like this, like, I mean, cause like, I don't, I, I'm not on like a divorce hotline, you know, <laughs> right, <laughs> like right, for right, kids right. going through divorce, right. um, you know, their parents divorce or whatever, you know, um, now I have talked with, you know, other folks that have gone through divorce and, and, you know, uh, in terms of their parents, um, and, and whatnot, but it's not anything that I've ever like tried to like actively necessarily like be a part of like, Hey, let me go sign up for this organization that's helping these kids or whatever. Um, so just to be clear, I mean, that's, that's also part of it, right? It's just like being okay. If you don't necessarily want to help anybody right now or at all, you just, it's like, I just want to be me and figure out life. Oh yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a time where I kind of felt early on, I remember thinking like, why is the burden on me to change the entire world's perspective Mm. about disability? I used to take that all, I used to literally I would not go to the grocery store without being like made up because I felt like if I went to the grocery store and I looked slobby, then I was just perpetuating a stereotype of people in wheelchairs. So I Mm. was, it was a lot of pressure for a long time. And I did get to a place where I said like, like, why is, why do I feel like I have to be like that one, you know? Mm. And I, and I kind of got tired of feeling that way. And I was like, I'm just going to be me. You know, I'm just going to be me. And when I'm going to be me, that's still going to help others. But I don't, I don't know if I can even ever get to a place where I don't want to help others, even though at the time, um, there was a time where it took me a while to get to a place where I could, I could even help somebody else. I mean, like definitely there, there is. And even in those times when you're going through whatever, you have to find something that you love to do mm. um, and and connect back to yourself. That was for me was like getting back into art. And then get, when I got back into the pool, for instance, like yeah. getting back to the things that I love to do no matter what, like made me realize that my traumas and the things that I've gone through are not me. They may add to making up who my character is, but it's not who I am. Yes, it and doesn't define you. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes yep. it's easy to get lost um, mm. um, with you know by not finding, not being able to tap into that because you're you're overwhelmed with like grief sure. or whatever is sure. going on. Um, but um, but yeah, the connection with people is now super available at all times. So when someone awesome. is ready. Um, all they have to do is literally like Google, like, I don't know, cool girl in wheelchair or something. I don't know. Or like, um, people who, um, you know, have divorced parents and are writing awesome books. Right, right. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. yeah, Like the fact that we can Google and access when we are ready. Um, and we Mm -hmm. have so many references now, um, that we could literally connect with strangers. Yeah. Um, is fascinating. All right, I could go on and on for, but I do want to talk about um, a couple things. And this one's long, but hey, I don't care because you know you're Mia, mm-hmm. and we are DHS alum. Um, so glad that um, I have gotten to be in your life, uh, you know, 
um, like I have when, when we were in high school and um, just that you're a part of my story. Um, so I can just By go way, on. Well, thank just you. Just to cut in and let you know, I also feel that way about you. Like I, uh-huh. th- there are some people from high school I really don't remember. Like I don't remember <laughs> their, and that's not, and that's not a diss to them. It's just no, that like, no, I, hear, I, I didn't you. interact with them. But for you, if I could sum up what you, like you particularly, if someone said, Clint Hart, I would be like, oh my gosh, he like exuded a happiness and a smile uh-huh. that like I will never forget. You, oh, you always really carried sweet. that. And that was so unique to you in oh, that school. You. I'm just saying it definitely well, stood out. You. And I remember thank that you. your yeah, kindness was... and let, and that, that joy that you had that just oh. naturally came out of you. Well, that's yeah. it for today, folks. I don't need, <laughs> I, there's nothing else that needs to be said. Um, that is the nicest thing. It's Mia, true. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, you move out to Hollywood and you, I, I'll just be smiling all day, by the way, from that. So thank you. That is just really too sweet. Um, so you move out to Hollywood, you move out to LA at some point, you go to the University of Florida, first of all, and I'm sure you encounter a whole new world of things there. You, and you go to college um, and you do that, you become the first um, uh, girl to join a sorority in a wheelchair at University of Florida. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And, and so we're kind of fast forwarding through some of this because then I want to get to you're in LA and all of a sudden you get presented with this idea for a television show. How does that, what happens there? Yeah. So I met, um, so when I moved out to LA, I really didn't have any like wheelchair friends or anything. Uh, okay. I think that was also plays into the negative stereotype, even among the disability community is like, mm. Oh, I'm going to perpetuate that stereotype like wheelchair people can only be friends with wheelchair people or wheelchair uh, people yeah. can only date wheelchair people like yeah and so a lot of people like resist it honestly yeah. um yeah. that's changing now um but when i moved out to la i happened to meet like a few girls that i would be friends with regardless like you know yeah. like, and we happen to also have um become paralyzed and um one of those is angela rockwood who um she developed the idea for this show. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like sex in the city, but on wheels, but real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and not part- scripted. Exactly. Not yeah. scripted. And we had no idea um, what that would be received like in the mm. entertainment industry and in just general society, because yeah. this was also at a time when reality TV had a really bad rap because um, there was just kind of like crap on TV, basically, yeah, um, sure, in sure. that genre. Now I think it's being used for more good. It's more of like a docu-series is what um, Sundance called it. But Sundance mm-hmm. picked up our show, Push Girls, yep. and I was terrified because <laughs> um, I was excited and terrified at the same time. I was terrified because I am a very private, shy person, naturally. Okay, okay. But I've always promised myself I would override that for a positive reason and a reason to help others or if it's going to push the agenda of breaking the stereotypes, breaking the negative stereotypes about disability. Okay. And this was one of those. It was like, yeah. I know this is gonna um, be totally different. It's, got, it's trail, trailblazing. It's, sure. Um, there wasn't anything like that on TV before. And um, so yeah, so I got over my fears and, uh, and did the show and it was a phenomenal experience. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, it actually helped me grow as a person because I did mm-hmm. get over some of that fear of telling my story. I never really talked about my mom before. 
And, okay. um, and I realized that the more you speak on your own story, no matter what it is, it does help others and it does help you connect to others. Mm. So um, I did a lot more of that from that point on. And when it aired, I had that moment of like, oh my gosh, like back to when I was 15 years old in the hospital mm. and looking up at that TV and saying, wow. oh my gosh, maybe I could be that someday and maybe oh I could help goodness. somebody that's yeah. 15 years old going through what I'm going through. Wow. And it happened. And I... Wow. Honestly, it was one of those moments where it was like, oh my gosh, the biggest bucket list. um, Yeah, (laughs) sure. um, Accomplishment was like, check, 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 check. And I am forever grateful for it. And it continues to be able to, I mean, now because, I mean, at the time, this is funny because the show came out right when um, there wasn't YouTube and Netflix, you know, like where like it can now perpetuate on digitally, which is kind of cool because it will continue to. Do you want to do more TV stuff? That was two seasons, right? Yeah. So we did two two seasons seasons. of that. And then I would like to, I would like to do more scripted things now um, that, that have characters that happen to have wheelchairs instead of a character that's in a wheelchair. Yes. And that's it. And the reason I say that is because there's plenty of, of shows that have tried to show wheelchair, but the whole story is about the wheelchair. And it's like the yes. wheelchair, the wheelchair, the wheelchair. And that's yeah. actually not reality. Like in my yeah. normal everyday life, like I have a job graphic, you know, with graphic design and I have clients and I go, you know, I go into jury duty and like, you know, and it's not, yeah, always, sure. it's not always like the wheelchair is not the focus. Um, it is a part of a character and it certainly yes. can be addressed in a positive way, but I, but I definitely think that there is way more room for representation. Um, and like we said earlier, I think making sure that the representation happens accurately and more yeah. often yes. will help society on a level that is way needed. I mean, diversity in, in entertainment is finally, you know, I think we're cracking that shell a little bit. And the more yeah. that happens, the more society benefits from it. And that's actually one of the reasons why I say reality reality TV actually, I think, helped that because mm. people wanted to see real people yeah, and not just Hollywood um, glamorized. Yeah. Um, even, yeah. you know, these perfect families sitcoms, you know, have kind of, you know, died away because people don't buy it anymore because yeah. people, <laughs> people are like, true. I want to see me, you know, I want to see something right. that represents myself. Um, so that is continuing on and I have a huge passion for That's making cool. more of that happen. That's cool. So you're actively at this point trying to, you know, trying out, reading for parts, whatever, yes. trying. Okay. Yes. And yeah, producing you don't, and consulting too. Oh, Sometimes, producing as well. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if people, um, people have an idea, I'd love to help get it off the ground. And also um, yep. people that may have an idea and they just want a consulting to say, hey, is this accurate? Like I have this mm. character written in, um, as a wheelchair and I don't have any... Um, knowledge of it myself you know is yes. this something that that is accurate from a wheelchair yes how do we it? accurately portray yeah that's oh that's so cool yeah um uh okay you speak all over the place that's a big passion for you um uh what is that looking like in today's day and time is that kind of had to obviously it's taken a back seat a little bit with covid and all that stuff um, do you plan on getting back out there? Is there stuff lined up? 
Yeah, I definitely have realized the amazing magic of in-person energy. I don't know if I yeah. really, I don't think, you know, because like I never had the, the opportunity to do a virtual speaking engagement before, but yes. the first time I did one, I'm like, I felt like I was doing my first speaking engagement for the first yeah. time. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh. Um, yes. But now I, um, and even though that's kind of still gone on and, you know, I've been doing some of those. So you've been doing some virtual ones. I, yes. I, I, I was doing home shows and stuff before. I haven't, I don't think, Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've done, I've maybe done like you a couple of like. pre-recorded. Yeah, like pre-recorded. like Not live though. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I haven't even done that. I mean, th that's courageous. I don't know. That would be really weird. It's, it's, it's awkward. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not only that, like I also have done um, dance performances virtual. And oh, no way. I'm used oh, to dancing cool. with either a partner or a group or, uh -huh. Um, and then just doing like solo, but trying to do it as a group as we all are doing it on different, mm. it was, it's very complicated, but it also, oh, there just feels like there's, there's like that, I don't know that like that in-person energy. And it's actually yeah. made me appreciate, um, community more, I think sure. and on a, on a physical level. Sure. Um, and it's also gotten me out of my shyness. I, mm. I, for some reason, I, now I'm like way more outgoing when, uh, even when I'm like out with people and I see people across the street with my mask, I'm like, yeah. ah! you know, <laughs> like maybe before I wouldn't have even like you know, yeah. made that effort, but now it's just like that craving. Um, and yeah, I cannot yeah. wait to get back into live audience speaking. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you are doing that. That is, uh, that, that, that's amazing. Um, I feel the most alive when I'm doing that. I'll tell you that much. That's when you were speaking. Yes. Really, yes. more than dancing, more than swimming, more than any like that's your that's your thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's a, a little bit of a combination between um, be, being in the water is like uh, is uh, like a peace for me. Mm. Like when I when I swim or when I'm in the water, I just I feel like I can just tune out the world and just like uh, get grounded. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, when I'm when I'm dancing, I also kind of feel a similar a similar feeling. When I'm yeah. speaking, um, I, I feel like like a lot. I, 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 it's almost like yeah. I feel like I'm not even like there's something else helping that that yeah. spirit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And sure, so I just sure. I, there's there's definitely a different feeling, and not not that like. I wouldn't, you know, want to dance and swim too, but I'm just saying that there's, That's your, yeah. I think there's a connection with people that just kind of brings it up a level. Oh, I, I, I feel you. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly tell just from talking to you right now, how that makes total sense. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, I would love to end up at, uh, an engagement where you are speaking one day. So I'm really hoping that that, uh, that, that happens. Um, okay. I know that everybody can go to your website, uh, which is sincerelymia.com. Um, and then your social media handle. Um, so I'm going to spell this out for everybody. I know, that's it's, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. At, at, at Mia Shakowitz. So that's M I A for Mia at Mia Shakowitz is S C H A I K. E-W-I-T-Z. All right, I'm going to do that one more time. At M-I-A-S-C-H-A-I-K-E-W-I-T-Z. Yeah, there we go. I'm and that's, is, to help people out. 
Oh, I don't are you? Know okay. What, what's well, it going to be? I wanted to do Sincerely Mia, but then that was taken. So I'm going to, oh. I, I don't know. I might have to, um, I might have to come up or maybe I'll just shorten it. I think I did a TikTok that was like M-I-A-S-C-H-A-I. Oh, Mia yeah. Shy. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, everybody should go and uh, and follow you. And is it the same on Instagram and Twitter? Are you on Are you on Twitter or is it just uh, I Instagram? I am. I don't use Twitter much, but I am on okay. there. Um, okay. And then I'm and Facebook. In Facebook, and then I All also right. recently joined Clubhouse too. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Lisa. Lisa was way Sorry. ahead on on the Clubhouse thing. Go ahead. Yeah, Lisa. we. I just want to know um, how was your experience? Do you like it? I. Okay, my husband will tell you that I'm addicted. <laughs> uh, same, same. Yeah, yeah it's I it's love it. Incredible, and I, I, I can't believe this didn't happen earlier. But I'm almost glad because I wouldn't have gotten anything done um, since I fit on it. But yeah, I actually I, I'm fascinated by it. I have made um, a lot of friends, so mm-hmm. to speak. That yeah, you just learn from, and you're like, I don't even know what you look like. Like I, and there's something, there's a magic about that. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a, it's magical. Okay, I have one more final question, and then we're gonna we're gonna jump off. Um, and if you can't answer it, it's okay. But I gotta know because you need to do this if you haven't done it already or you're not doing it. When's the book coming? Come on. Oh, that's a really good question, and. I have been asked that quite a bit. I have started to write my book. It's actually a collection of essays more mm-hmm. than just kind of a, a memoir. And yeah. um, I'm struggling with the title. And um, okay. so title, title suggestions welcome. Um, right. But yeah, my goal is to finish it by the end of this year. So let's, okay. let's, let's definitely um, maybe you can hold, hold me accountable for that. Now that yes, I've said it, I will. Public. <laughs> I will. My fingers are crossed that um, this gets done because uh, your story and everything, um, when you start getting into all the details of the thing, that is, it's just fascinating. Again, how oblivious was I in high school, you know, and, and um, out of all the kids that, you know, we graduated with, I got to tell you, I feel like the luckiest guy right now because um, very few will get to, you know, uh, come back and, and have such a, uh, an intimate conversation with you and, and, and talk about all those things, uh, like I've gotten to do right here. And, um, I'm just so, so thankful. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I would have been able to have this conversation when I was in high school, but I'm just glad I got to have it now. And, um, I think you it's more meaningful amazing. Now. Thank yeah. you. I think yeah. it's more meaningful now. And, and, you know, even on push girls, like one of the things we were going to we had as um, a story idea was to go back to high school and mm. have a conversation with some of my friends, even my closest mm. friends that we never, we never talked about it. Yep. And yep. I, and that didn't happen. So like yeah. you, you, this was amazing because Aww. this is the first time it's happened. Um, oh my gosh. and wow. it's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating and it's healing and it's, um, educational and I'm so happy to connect. And frankly, too, like it, there's a testimony to you for for having that desire. You know, you, like oh. you having the energy that you have, but also your desire to want to connect and to want to learn is mm. super admirable. And I'm super happy that we reconnected. And oh um, yeah, and definitely Same. more. And I definitely, you know, I, I think one of the reasons why I haven't finished a writing book yet is because Mm. I do feel like there's now so many different components that could be Mm. part of a book 
Like I definitely yeah. want to put like more of my dance in. And now that I'm doing mm, like contemporary sure. and, and hip hop and like all these, I want to do dance that tells stories. Yeah. Because a lot of, uh, first of all, a lot of people when they're like, oh, you're in a wheelchair. And I'm like, oh, I dance. And they're like, what, what? Like, yeah. there's no way I can <laughs> like, describe huh? that. Yeah. It's just yeah, like, right, you just have right. to go look. <laughs> like, yes. um, but, but that's a storytelling element too. So it's like yeah. that I want there to be this. And then I want stuff like this to be part of the book. Mm -hmm. Like just our mm -hmm. conversation and, and, and the way conversation impacts people and, and not only what you think about your own story, but like what other people think and how they've yeah. experienced it. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that, um, Maybe there's like a multimedia type of way to create a, a book and then uh, you'll be a part of it. If anybody can do it, Mia, it's going to be you. And that you. is for <laughs> sure. Oh my gosh, you could create it. Well, I'll be the first in line to pick whatever uh, up that you complete because it's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for um, just taking this time. This is literally just the best. I am just so thankful and thankful for you. Thanks, Thank, Mia. You. Thank you. Thank you. This has been the best. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Clint. This has mm -hmm. been awesome. Lisa, some things are just good for the soul. And uh, that was really good for the soul, for my soul. I, I, uh, wow. Yes, I was so glad I got to meet your friend Mia. She was amazing. Her energy was super contagious. You just want to talk yes. to her for hours. And we really literally did. <laughs> I know. It's funny, like what people will end up hearing is not the entire conversation, which went on a much longer time. Exactly. Even after yeah. we stopped recording, because it was just great, one, to catch up with a friend, but two, um, to hear about something that I should have heard about, you know, I should have taken the time to hear about when I was in the 10th grade, you know? Yeah. And, um, but as we just talked about, I mean, I think everybody was just like, what is going on? We didn't know. And I love that, like, this really struck me. I love that Mia actually genuinely wanted to know, Clint, what was your reaction? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like, she was like, how, how did, how are you, you know, ingesting all of what was going on with me? You know, like, that was so cool, like, that she would even care, you know? Mm -hmm. um, anyways, just what an amazing story. And I think it'd be easy to look at something like that and to throw words on there like tragic mm -hmm. and sad and all these things. And you talk to her and it's it's just, it's like, no. No, she she's just taken it and she has conquered the world and she's not done. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's really cool. Mia, love you a ton. And um, thank you so much for being on Man Unmade. Wow. There's just days when I go, boy, I'm lucky. And uh, this is one of them. Really cool to be able to do that. That was awesome. All right. It's time to shine the spotlight on women in music. And this week, we are uh, shining it back on somebody. Dolly Barnes, your friends. Your yes, friend. Excuse me. My friend. Yeah. Haley, thanks. <laughs> I, I say friends because she does have like <laughs> different names. It's like Dolly Barnes or Haley. So, you know, I don't know. She's like multiple people. 
Yes, Haley's. Uh, what we're listening to though is Dolly Barnes taking all day. Okay, I feel like she actually wrote that she thought it was a great representation of her body of work. So yeah, I'm excited to play that for our listeners. Uh, what did you think about it? You just listened to it. I love it. I totally love it. I love her voice. I love voices that are like so different and unique. You know what I mean? Yes. To where you you can't be like, oh, that's this. Oh, wow. That I mean, yeah, that is you, Haley. You, that's how yes. she's always had. Yes, that's one thing that has definitely stuck out. Her voice is definitely unique. It's beautiful. Um, it is. It's very beautiful. And it's just not like nothing you've heard, really, which there's nothing wrong with that. If you hear something, and you're like, oh, that reminds me of this. Like, that's great, you know. Um, but it's also really cool when you have something where you're like, okay, I can't put my finger on that. That's just, yeah, exactly. that is, yeah, it's different. And I love it. It's really good. Haley, we're a big fan, um, of your music, Dolly Barnes music. Remember on Instagram at Dolly Barnes, Facebook at Dolly Barnes music. She's on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Tidal, all the fun stuff. You can go get her vinyl records at the what of Dolly Barnes, take it away. All right, friends, we're going to roll some credits, and then we'll listen to some music. Thanks so much. Man Unmade is produced, organized, researched, and generally held together by Lisa Collins. Audio production and original music by Jackson Palomino. I'm your host, Clint Harp. Thanks for joining us on Man Unmade. Let's listen to some music. Bye, friends. Beside the bathtub Has it been worn